What kind of running means walking? Running out of gas. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, Episode 70. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I don't know about you guys, but I've had a really busy week so far. When I record these podcasts, I record them during my lunch hour. And during my first attempt of recording, construction noises kept happening because they're doing remodeling on parts of my work building. So then I had to record a second time because there was no way I could edit out all of those construction noises and they were loud and very annoying. The second attempt went very well. And then the next day I had to edit and it took me two days to edit. And on the final step of editing where I add in the background music, my entire file was corrupted and I lost all of it. All of the multiple saved versions, somehow everything disappeared. This is now my third attempt at recording this week's episode, which means I'm doing it on a Saturday late afternoon while both my kids are napping and my time is extremely limited. So we're going to keep this quick. That way I can actually have time to edit it and post it and get it published everywhere it needs to go by Sunday night because it launches Monday morning. Okay, round three. <laughs> Time to catch up with Kaylin. What else has been going on this week other than a really stressful attempt at recording this week's episode? <laughs> well, last month, approximately five weeks ago, I planted some garlic and loofah seeds. And I'm so excited because they are starting to sprout. I have them in little pots inside my house up on the window ledges because that's really the only place that I can put them where they will get sun and not be knocked over by cats or kids. Although one has been knocked over, don't know who did it, but <laughs> the rest have all survived. Hopefully I can keep them alive long enough until the warm weather gets here to stay and I can transfer them outside. So very excited. After I launched the episode with Laura Durenberger talking about eco-minimalism, I realized that I've been really slacking in that department. So I did spend the last couple of weeks going through the house with minimalism in mind and I assembled boxes of stuff to donate. And I'm really happy because the Here We Grow Again sale is coming up in four weeks. Oh, yay! And I can get rid of all my stuff. I have four tubs of kids stuff to sell at the sale. And whatever doesn't sell will then be donated and out of the house, reducing clutter, reducing stress, less time spent picking stuff up. Yay! When it comes to sustainability, sometimes I feel like my sustainableism, my eco-warrior deep inside kind of waxes and wanes. Sometimes I'm really on a good kick and other times I'm just struggling, really, really struggling. And lately... I feel like sustainability has been slipping away. I'm back at work full time and I have been since January. In case you don't know, because of COVID, I was reduced hours, reduced income for nine months prior to that. And now that I'm back full time, it's really hard to make homemade items like yogurt, granola, and bread and stock. I do miss these items and they were definitely more tasty than the store version. And I felt really, really good making them knowing that there was less trash as a result. But they do take a lot of time to make. 
and full-time hours means less time at home with my husband and kids and doing chores and exercising. So even though I keep telling myself, I'm going to do it this weekend, it doesn't happen because when the weekend gets here, there are so many other areas of my life that are also deprived and I'm just really struggling to keep everything balanced. And the reason I say this is because I know I'm not the only one that this happens to, where sometimes you're going great and other times you're just, (laughs) you're just happy that everybody survived and made it to the end of the day. (laughs) Sometimes that's just what it feels like. So if you're in the same boat as me, just remember, we are not able to do as many sustainable actions as we could previously or a few weeks ago or a few months ago, that every single action that we do does count. Even if it's less, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but every action counts. And collectively, they all make a big difference. So keep your head up and keep on your positive attitude because we are still making a difference. As promised at the tail end of last week's episode, I said that this week I would be sharing my first ever recorded public speaking session in regards to sustainability. Let me give you some background. Back in 2019, my company held a mock TED Talks and they asked employees to share what they have been doing outside of work. I, of course, filled out an application and submitted my story about starting a podcast. And I was not selected. And I was envious of those that were selected. This year, the email came around again to submit and I did not because I was still bitter and I didn't want to waste my time and definitely did not want to face another round of rejection. Then I received an email stating they really enjoyed my submission last year and really hoped I would apply again this year. They felt my story was a very good story to share. I, of course, was immediately flattered and said yes! (laughs) And I wrote a speech, put together a PowerPoint, worked with the Toastmasters group. If you don't know who that is, they're a group who help people with public speaking, like giving a toast. My husband did not understand what that was, and now every time I ask if he wants toast, he replies, Yes, Toastmaster. (laughs) Anyway, back on November 12th, 2020, my company held the mock TED Talks, and this was my very first presentation about my podcast and sustainability. I did it at my workplace for the Millennial Employee Resource Group. This presentation was in front of 102 people, including my coworkers and boss. This is just the audio, so you won't be able to see my beautiful PowerPoint display, but that's okay. And because of the pandemic, it was hosted over Zoom. So the audio quality is decent, but not great. (laughs) But hey, at least then I was able to record it, and now I can share it with you today. So here it is. Every day in the news and on social media, we hear about carbon emissions, plastic in the sea, global warming, But what steps do we take to make a sustainable impact on the environment? Our first speaker, Kaylin, is going to share her idea of sustainable living and the podcast she started to share this with the world. Over to you, Kaylin. Hello, everybody. My name is Kaylin Chenoweth, and I have a few questions for you. Have you ever watched Tiny House Living from your full-size couch? in your spacious living room, in your two-story house. Me too. And those people are crazy. No way I could do that. Why do they do that? 
to be sustainable? What does that mean? I recycle and use reusable cups and reusable grocery bags when I remember them. I'm sustainable too, right? After watching an episode one day, I asked myself if I could do more. I researched online, but felt overwhelmed by a world of compostable toilets and making your own generator. To me, these options were too extreme. I really wanted to do more, but did not want to be a tree-hugging vegan homesteader who lives off the grid. I needed an in-between. I continued researching online and slowly replaced disposable items with permanent ones. I replaced paper napkins with cloth napkins. I thought those could only be found in fancy restaurants. Paper towels with actual towels. What a concept. Disposable sponges with dishcloths. Dryer sheets with wool dryer balls. Started using shampoo and conditioner bars. Did you even know those existed? And probably the most outlandish thing I did was replace disposable diapers with cloth diapers. How do I clean the poo? Because that's the number one question I get asked. I use a bidet sprayer attached to my toilet. As I worked my way through various sustainable efforts, I encountered many failures and frustrations. Zero waste deodorant, it was vegan, all natural, cruelty-free, and came in a cute reusable little glass jar, and I smelled terrible. I also attempted making my own shaving cream. That ended up being a huge waste of time and money and an ooey-gooey sticky mess all over my legs and bathtub. But many things I tried were great. Cloth diapers saved me a ton of money. And cloth napkins are my favorite. I can eat a rack of barbecue ribs with one cloth napkin. How many paper napkins would you use? And during the toilet paper shortage of 2020, I had a bidet sprayer and no worries at all. I wanted to learn more, but didn't really have time to continue reading blogs and books. For the sole purpose of efficiency, I started listening to environmentally focused podcasts. They were having deep discussions on carbon emissions and plastics in the oceans and greenhouse gases. All fascinating topics, just not what I was looking for. I wanted instructions on how to be sustainable at an introductory level. And if I'm not able to find it, neither are others. I decided I would create the content I was looking for and share my stories and shortcuts so others would have a more pleasurable experience and would continue their sustainable efforts and not give up. Even though I'm considered a millennial, I feel like I'm not. I did grow up with the internet, but it took 24 hours to download one song. And when I graduated high school, I'd taken two computer classes, typing and Microsoft Office. I had no idea how to produce a podcast. I hoped it wouldn't be that hard. And that was silly of me. I had to learn about recording equipment, running the program to record and edit it, figure out whatever the heck RSS stood for, upload my podcast called Starting Sustainability to a server, and from there apply to various hosts like Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Then I encountered another issue. If anyone in my audience had a question, how would they reach me? I know, I'll create a website so they can leave a comment. Guess what else I never took a class in? Website creation. I had to buy a domain name, find a host server, design my website, learn how to put the podcast up on the website, and oh, so much more. This process took me four months of staying up late and waking up early before I was finally able to launch my podcast, Starting Sustainability, and my website, startingsustainability.com. It took me about six months after that to realize nobody goes to websites and leaves comments anymore. They all use Facebook. Then I created a Facebook group and I got really creative with the name, Starting Sustainability. And this made it way easier to interact with listeners. My podcast shares sustainable ideas designed for everyone at all levels, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. 
I challenge my audience to listen to all of the ideas on each episode and to find one to two new concepts to incorporate into their lives. My main philosophy is that you cannot be 100% perfect at being eco-conscious. You will make mistakes. You will do something wrong. Don't give up and keep trying it because you can do more than what you're currently doing. There are 7 billion people on this planet. And if we all did two more sustainable actions, that would be 14 billion steps in the right direction. We all have a choice to either be a part of the pollution or a part of the solution. Have I achieved the zero part of being zero waste? No, but I did go from three bags of trash to a half of a bag for a family of four each week. That is an accomplishment I'm quite proud of. At this point, I've published a weekly podcast for 18 months. I've had over 27,000 downloads. I have a growing Facebook group and Instagram. Reduce, Reuse, Renew blog wrote about my podcast. My podcast was featured in Pebble Magazine in the UK. And World Tree wrote an article about the top 10 sustainability podcasts to listen to, and mine ranked number two. I've had some wonderful opportunities come my way because of this podcast and great interaction with my listeners. Not to mention my skills of writing content, recording, editing, interviewing, and presenting, all of which were zero before, have significantly strengthened as well. What does the future hold? I wanna continue to grow and spread the information of how easy it is to live sustainably. I wanna be invited to more group discussions, speaking engagements, write a book, and someday open a zero waste shop. Are you intrigued? Do you want to learn more? Check out my website because nobody else does. Where can you listen? Anywhere podcasts are featured. I cover many topics, including sustainable lifestyles, easy swaps, fast fashion, eco-friendly events, green holidays, the importance of buying local, and more. Even though this talk is about my journey into podcasting, I wouldn't be living up to my reputation if I didn't share some tips on how you can get started making a difference today. Here are 10 simple switches to get you started. 60 million plastic bottles end up in the landfill and incinerators every day. Using a reusable bottle or keep cup as other countries call it means you are no longer a part of that problem. Reusable grocery bags? The trick is you must remember to bring them with you to the store. Currently 100 billion plastic bags pass through the hands of US consumers every year. That's not even including the rest of the world. Laid end to end, they would circle the equator 1,330 times. Reusable produce bag. You're already bringing in the grocery bags. You might as well bring in a drawstring see-through produce bags to put your bananas and apples into. A bar of soap versus liquid soap in a plastic bottle. This applies to hand soap, body wash, shampoo, and conditioner. Bar soap is one-third the cost of liquid soap. It contains fewer chemicals, and the manufacturing process of liquid soap uses seven times more energy and carbon emissions. And the bar soaps last longer too. Silicone storage bags, use these instead of Ziploc bags. These come in various sizes, and you can store solid and liquid foods in them, freeze them, or place them in boiling water to thaw, and they stand upright. They're very versatile. A bamboo toothbrush, come on. Plastic takes 500 years to break down and you're supposed to get a new toothbrush every three months. Next time, get a bamboo toothbrush because when you're done with it, it can be used as kindling in your next backyard campfire. Dryer sheets cannot be recycled. They usually come with fabric softener on them. Did you know fabric softener builds up on your towels over time, making them less absorbent? 
Dryer balls are free of chemicals and fragrances. They speed up drying time. They last an average of 1,000 loads. That's approximately three years. And they can biodegrade when you're done with them. Dryer balls are $6 for a pack of six on Amazon. How much is your box of dryer sheets? Did you come up with a number of paper napkins you're gonna need for those barbecue ribs? Yes, cloth napkins can be very expensive, but you can also go to Bed Bath & Beyond, find the clearance section, use your little 20% off coupon and get them for about $1 each because that's what I did. Regular towels. Now this is a tough one. People really love their paper towels. The most common excuse I hear is, it's more laundry. Not really. Paper towels are designed for single use. Use one sheet and it's done. A regular hand towel will last me all day. And when my toddler spills his glass of milk, he can clean it up using one hand towel. I use about seven hand towels a week. That's maybe a fifth of a load. Just add it to the next pile of laundry you're about to wash. And the last one is reusable coffee filter. This will run you about $3. My husband has been using his for four years and it is still going strong. Stop paying for things you only use once, throw away, and then go out and buy again. It just doesn't make sense. By doing these actions, you can save money and the planet at the same time. Evaluate your current lifestyle. Which of these are you already doing and which ones are you going to do next? Remember, two actions equals 14 billion steps. Thank you. Hey, not too bad. I think I did all right. Hopefully you enjoyed it too. And I meant what I said. I do want to be more involved and I like having discussions about sustainability. So if you have a group meeting or club or something where you need a guest presenter, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm your gal. So just reach out to me. You know the drill by now. You can go to Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. You can also go to the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability. You can go to the Instagram group, Starting underscore Sustainability. Wait, I said all of this stuff in the speech. So yeah, you've got it. Now I've said it twice. <laughs> so now you've doubly got it. <laughs> also, I haven't done this for a while, but if you like listening to Starting Sustainability, one of the best ways that you can show support is to give this podcast a positive review. The more positive reviews there are, the easier it is for others to find. You can also share the podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers. Literally, just take the link and send it right their way. Text it to them. Say, you've got to check this out. It's great. Share it. Invite them to join the Facebook group. It's all about spreading the news on how easy it is to be sustainable. And that's one of the simplest ways we can do it, by just talking and telling people about it. Remember, everyone benefits from learning how to be sustainable. Next week on the show, I finally did it. I finally found someone to explain composting. David Guyon joins the show and answers the tough questions about the types of home composting, what can and cannot go in it, how to control the smell, and a whole pile of other questions. So be sure to tune in. That is all for today, Sustainer Nation. Continue to go out and save the world, and I will talk to you all again next week. Bye. Ruger, you want to say hi? <laughs>